What are the Celtics going to do about the backup big situation? It's the hot topic right now in the first week of July. Who's going to back up Robert Williams and Al Horford? Will the Celtics change their starting lineup? Should they do this now or wait to add a big? We're going to talk about that all right now on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. Very much appreciate you doing that, taking time to listen to this show, which I'm still doing five days a week, Monday through Friday. We're always finding something to talk about, continuing the conversation about the Boston Celtics. So if you're new to the show, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, however you listen. This show exists there. Even on YouTube, you can watch the show on YouTube whenever you want. If you watch the show there, like it, comment, hit the bell, hit the thumbs up, hit all the buttons that you're supposed to hit and feed that algorithm for me. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I've written a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, and I was one of the media voters for the Celtics 75th anniversary team. Today, we're going to answer, I think, one of the more common questions at this point, and I'll bring in my good buddy, Tom Westerholm of the underscore crew, Tom underscore NBA. What's going on, Tom? Not much, man. Just uh, I, I, this, this time of year is so funny because like, I think we talked about this yesterday, but like the interest is so high and the, uh, the content just can't quite keep up with it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's, it's fun. Like right now, the Celtics are preparing for summer league. So no media availability today on Wednesday, so media will be held on Thursday. So the Friday show will include some of that. I have some other stuff up my sleeve for the Friday show as well. But today it's just, all right, let's let's figure out what people are talking about. And the one thing that people are talking about is the um, backup big situation. So the Celtics have put together, I think everybody agrees, a really good team. The starting five is great. It was statistically great. Statistic, statistically, the best starting five. Um, they've added Malcolm Brogdon, Danilo Gallinari to the bench. That should be made official hopefully soon. And now everybody's like, okay, well, hey, we've got the starting five. The bench goes, you, you got a couple of good players already in Grant Williams and Derek White. You've added a couple of really good players. There's one more thing, one more guy. It's that backup big. Who's it going to be? And I think what we've entered right now, Tom, is the, hey, so what do you think about player X um, segment of July? Because I think a lot of people are like, hey, I see this guy in summer league, or hey, I see this guy here or there. And well, what do you think? What do you think about this guy? So where do you think? Tom, the Celtics stand as far as the backup big. Do you see the need for it right now? What What's your kind of 
take here first week of July for where the Celtics stand with this? Well, look, I, I think the Celtics have, you know, three potential all-star bigs, right? You got Al Horford, who's been an all-star. You got Robert Williams, who could be an all-star and you have Luke Cornette. Cornette. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think we're good. I think they're good, man. I don't, I don't see, I don't see where else this could need to go. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, look, I think, uh, I, I, I think there's, I think there's, I genuinely, I think there's two ways the Celtics can go with this, right? I think that they can go try to get somebody who's out there right now who I don't think would play much, um, you know, who I, I don't think would be, I mean, you, you kind of look at the, the center crop that's out there right now and it's like, yeah, like, it's that. Free agency, nothing. There's nobody. Yeah, it's that. There's it's, nobody. it's, uh, it's pretty dead. Um, and of course there could be guys that, you know, that they, they, they still have trade exceptions. They still have, uh, you know, options that way, you know, they could go out and try to acquire somebody. So, I mean, that's certainly still in the cards. Um, I think the other thing to kind of keep an eye on is, you know, the Celtics now have all of this depth at combo guard, right? you know, they have these guys who could slot in as starters. Malcolm Brogdon could be a starter. Derek White could be a starter. Um, you know, you, you never know what the Celtics want to do with Al Horford. You know, do they, do they want to try, I, I know they've, you know, they've kind of um, hinted and sort of projected that they want to keep the same starting five, but yep. you know, Horford is getting a little older. And I think one thing we're learning is that the Celtics justifiably and correctly really value him and would like to keep him around as long as possible um, to kind of deal with some of the uh, behemoths that they have to try to defend in the Eastern conference. So I think, uh, you know, try, trying to keep him healthy, trying to keep his minutes down and, and, you know, even if you're not taking him out of the starting lineup because of a performance issue, just, just, you know, purely from a rest and, and sort of continuity issue, I think that's plausible as well. But to me, I think I, I, if, if I'm the Celtics, I'm still looking at the market and trying to find that backup big so that you can keep the starting lineup intact. Starting lineup is so good. The whole point of going out and getting all these guards was to add depth. And like, as soon as you start messing with that depth, I'm, you know, like that, it's like, well, are they going to be right back to square one? Um, so, so to me, I think the best move is to, um, you know, just kind of poke around, see what shakes free. It doesn't need to be a superstar. It doesn't need to be, you know, a guy who you would even look at as a starter, right? It could, it can literally just be the backup big man. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's, that, that shouldn't be that hard to acquire. I wouldn't think. Yeah. So my, my feeling right now is that I, I, I don't know that the Celtics make another move this summer i feel like they've got they've got 12 11 more days of fournier tpe 17 plus million dollars so my feeling right now is brad is kind of like at a at a standstill i'm gonna guess that the owners are like hey look yes you can spend you can spend money because you got Malcolm Brogdon, you got Gallinari, you're, you're, you're spending probably percentage-wise deeper into the tax than they've spent under this ownership group. But, but I'm sure, I'm sure they're like, okay, we're still not the Warriors here. We don't own the garden. The Warriors own their building. All the stuff that I've said for a million times. Um, I don't, I don't think the Celtics are going to spend that deep into the tax with one exception. And that's if Kevin Durant gets traded in the next 11 days and the Celtics have this TPE sitting here and 
by a function of that trade, it's like it's a deal with the Suns or with one of these teams that needs to get a third team involved. I'm sure the Celtics will sniff around to see if they can maybe sneak a good player that it's like, hey, look, we're not you we're not in the market necessarily for one of these guys, but a, a six million dollar guy, a seven million dollar guy, a ten million dollar guy that that's like on a great contract. That's that's one of those. I can't believe Phoenix or Team X has to get rid of this guy. Right. I feel like Boston might be like, all right, we'll spend because of this. Because by adding that guy, it's like, oh crap, Boston is now amazingly good. I think that's that's what the Celtics are waiting for. Of course, there's obviously the potential for minimum contracts. Minimum contracts are calculated differently, whatever, whatever. So if they can find a minimum guy, but I don't think any of the minimum guys that are out there are are worth even um, kicking the tires on. So I think the Celtics scan and see if there's a place to be opportunistic, but... You do go into the season with Luke Cornett as your backup, and you say, all right, look, how does this look? How does it look with, with Rob and Al? How much, how much rest do they really need? How, let's, let's take October, November, beginning of December, and just get a sense. How bad is it with Luke Cornett? And, and knowing that this is still a team that's good enough to get through those first couple of months, probably not like the last year's team. They'll probably still be really good and rack up wins. But then December 15th rolls around, the restrictions on the newly signed guys lifts. The Celtics have other TPEs at their disposal. Um, they, they can at that point in December say, all right, eh, we thought Luke Carnett might be just good enough, but he's not good enough. Um, we thought that Al Horford might look better, but he's he's looking his age more. I think they will take it into the season and then see where the other maybe not so great fits are and try to make a deal at that point. I think that's probably the, I mean, it certainly sounds like the wisest course of action, right? Because like, of course it does. <laughs> I, I retract everything. <laughs> no, but it, it, like, you know, you know, but the thing about this Celtics team, right. Is that like, I, I think where you're at right now, like caution is, I think the best, you know, move in, in terms of going forward, because like this team is like, it's almost it's almost built so a little bit too perfectly. It's 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 this close, man. And like, you, you just you know, I, mean, I think about like going out and getting like a Tristan Thompson, and then he comes in and you know says a bunch of like stuff that like just makes everybody kind of roll their eyes again. And it's like <sighs> like that, like I just did. Exactly, exactly like that. Like, just, don't, oh my god, you said Tristan like, Thompson. I had just the just the Pavlovian response. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Continue. Yeah, man. Like imagine him just coming in and starting to talk like, you know, he's like the championship player again. And it's like, it just wouldn't like, I, I can't imagine that would go over well on this team. Like they, this is a bunch of guys who've, who can do it themselves now, Tristan, they don't need your advice. <laughs> so like, I, so, I mean, I, I think, yeah, waiting and, and kind of seeing and seeing what you need. I mean, look, like, 
you know, we kind of we kind of chuckle about Luke Cornett, right? But like, I I know that the Celtics there's there's members of that you know front office that are very high on him, uh, like higher than you would expect them to be on like a guy who is averaging you know I, like I, I just looked at his G League stats. It's like it's like 15 points a game, you know, 6.2 rebounds. But it's like it's like 6.2 rebounds, 4.7 assists, 1.9 blocks, like. Like th- those, you know, they're G League stats, and you can't really trust them. But those are those are a bunch of things that he can do, right? right. It's not just, right. you know, it, it, it's it's like four point seven assists. That's quite a few um, for for a center. So I think you know, waiting to see, like looking, take a look at what you have in Cornette. Like you said, if if it does, if it isn't working after a month, if if Horford and Rob are playing too many minutes, or if one of them is hurt and all of a sudden Grant is like lodging a ton of time as like a small ball five. Yeah. Maybe you got to go out and you got to try to find a, a backup big man, but there's, there's probably no hurry with this team. This team is, is very good. And, you know, like trying to, trying to mess with things too much, you know, might be tinkering too much with a really good thing. Yeah. You don't need, you don't, this thing, you don't need to have it done now. No, this is, do you do not have to have it done now. I know people want it done now, Yes, because now is when all the movements happening. Oh, let's do this. Let's do that. You don't have to have it done now. You get a chance here to taste the stew and figure out what seasoning you need to add. So, uh, let's see, man. <laughs> let's take a second here on that note to tell you about Rock Auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models of cars out there. You know, it is just impossible for that chain auto parts store to have all of the things that you need. So don't waste your time telling that person behind the counter all of the specs for your car when you can just stay at home and enter that into your own computer and or on your phone because you have access to rockauto.com and their amazing, extensive, easy to navigate catalog for everything, everything your car needs from complicated stuff, you need a fuel pump, Sure, rockauto.com has that. Not only that, has multiple tiers of pricing for fuel pumps that you can just choose from to say, hey, this fits my budget, this fits my need. Could be something simple. Motor oil, uh, windshield wipers, same deal. You know, you walk into one of those other places, there's just like three windshield wipers uh, (coughs) in uh, in the display case or one that fits your car. You can get many, many choices at Rock Auto. So head on over to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car, truck, RV, motorcycle. It's all there at at rockauto.com. When you do buy something, write locked on in there, how did you hear about us box? That's how they know we sent you. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And thanks for making Locked on Celtics, your first listener every day. Make Locked on NBA your second listen. I host on Wednesdays with Jake Madison of Locked on Pelicans. We have a lot of fun on Wednesdays. So make sure you check out the Wednesday show if you've missed it. Uh, we have rotating hosts all week long covering the league in depth in a fun, interesting way. So make Locked on NBA your second listen wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube, wherever you found Locked on Celtics. Let's continue the conversation here. With Tom Westerholm and this whole thing with the backup bigs. And it's an interesting discussion, I think, when we say it doesn't have to be done right away. And I think part of that is what you brought up before, the starting lineup. You can go double big, absolutely. That starting lineup works. We've seen it work. However, short turnaround, 
um, and age, two things that I'm worried about with Al Horford. I am worried about that because he is so important to this team. Yes. So I want to find a way to make life as easy as possible on him. So does that mean starting him and just subbing him out after five or six minutes, seven minutes, and you say, hey, that's 28 minutes a game, that should be fine. And then you rely on Gallinari. That's why you got him. And you can get you get him in, make him sort of like never play those two together. And Gallinari is essentially Al Horford's bit backup. And you just see how that works. That could that could work. Or you could play Horford off the bench and use him as a finisher. Um, yeah, yeah. There are multiple options here. So I think the addition of Brogdon does actually give the Celtics this, this flexibility where you could go smart Brogdon, Jalen, Jason, Rob, and you have two ball handler playmakers. Brogdon's a shooter. Very easily could be, you know, he's a combo guard anyway, shooting guard. And then you bring Derek White off the bench to continue the ball movement and all that stuff. No drop off defensively there. And just kind of have that rotation there. I think that's something that could work. Well, and and again, you know, Grant Williams, right? Like that—that's the other the other guy that can that can slot in. Um, that's right. Any anywhere you need him too. Um, you know, I think it's it's going to be interesting watching Gallo and and Grant and just kind of the ways that, um, you know, that the, the coaching staff subs those guys in around each other around those bigs. Like those combinations are going to take some time to get used to. And frankly, I mean, that's that's another argument in favor of waiting, right? Is is this is going to take some time to get used to, and and it might be good to get at least, you know, a few weeks of a look at, you know, does, you know, does, how well does Rob work with Gallo, given that, you know, neither of them is particularly switchable, like, you know, out on on the perimeter for for pick and rolls and that kind of thing does. um, But, but Gallo offers all that spacing, you know, does, um, you know, Grant and Grant and Horford last year were actually a pretty, if I remember right, they were a pretty mediocre two-man combo. Like, why is that? And and does that was that just fluky, or is that something that uh, you know actually you know is, should be examined? You know, for for kind of a longer-term thing. I think you know those are all questions that you can answer. You know, after a few weeks, and and, and after that, you know, because because not every backup big man is the same. You know, may, maybe you're getting a backup big man who is you know, super springy because you're hoping to fill in some of those Rob minutes. Maybe you're getting somebody who's, you know, just, just big and muscular. Cause you just need like a, you know, you just literally need muscle down there. Like mm-hmm. there are, there are different types of big men, you know, you, you can't always predict which is going to be the one that you're going to really feel like you're missing. So, you know, maybe you can go find like a better fit um, when the season rolls around. So I, I just, I think again, this team, this team has a really good roster that has a lot of good pieces in place right now, ready to go. And I think it's probably worth seeing what is the actual missing piece, right? Like what, what actually is missing from this team before you go out and start spending even more draft assets. Cause like we talked about it before, it's fine. The Celtics are spending draft assets, but it's because they're doing it to get what we know they need. Yeah. Yeah. Don't spend it on something that you might need as opposed to something that you know you need. No, absolutely. That's that's the way the way the Celtics I think should operate. I feel like waiting and looking and saying you don't know what Grant is adding to his game when he comes you know back over the summer. You don't know what Rob is adding to his game. You don't know 
exactly how Al is going to be impacted. There, there's a lot of stuff you still you don't, don't know what Luke Cornett is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't know how impactful all-star Luke Cornett is going right. to be. Um, Luke Cornett, by the way, is a big dude. He's huge. He's, you know, he's large. He's a tall person. He's a very tall person. Yeah, you know, it's funny because he's usually one of the first guys working out because of the way everything uh, is laid out time-wise. And, and you get to a game and I get, you know, was at all of these playoff games and, and he's among, when I first get to the arena, he's just there. And he, he you just look at him, you're like, man, that dude is, he's big. Yeah. And you joke because he looks like he's an accountant, but he's a big dude. And look, he could do a little bit of everything. He can shoot. I don't think he's strong enough necessarily to hang with uh, a Joel Embiid, and that's going to be the, the the biggest case, right? Like, who is? But right now, I think people are starting. First of all, you see the hole in the roster. You say, okay, who? Why not go for that guy? And. And you look up and down the the east, and you know I did the podcast the other day, and I was kind of handicapping the teams, and the 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 Sixers are a team that have the potential to be fighting for one of these top three seeds. That I think they could be a really good team, which means a potential Eastern Conference Finals matchup between these two teams. And if you if it comes down to oh boy, the Celtics have to throw Luke Cornett out there against Joel Embiid, then you're like, well, that was a nice run. <laughs> but I think between now and then they can figure things out. And 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 when we were talking before about the taxes, I really do have to. I I am with you. I am with you, the listener, the watcher. I'm all for use the TPE, spend that money. If you find an opportunity to get a big guy in here and he makes ten million dollars, so what? Just spend the damn money rich owners right like that's we i think we're all in agreement however i also understand that that's probably not going to happen because if you if you if you sign a guy right now making just two million you're paying seven million in taxes right. for that guy so you really do have to understand that hey let's just get the two million two million dollar player via trade exception you're like that's fine, that's fine. Except for them, they look at it as a nine million dollar player, and you got to be like, is that really worth it? Is is having that guy sitting on the bench costing the team nine million? The answer, and that and that I think is a huge part of why this team waits because it's not that they're not entirely willing to spend that tax money, but at this point, whoever you add. Better be worth it. He's got to be the answer. He's got to be the guy. You got to know we need this type of player. This is the guy. We're going to target him. We're going to get him. And fine, we'll spend the money. But he's the answer. Right. Because it, it, it's two things, right? So it's on like it, it's, it's, you know, how it, whenever um, there's like a pretty, like, you know, kind of, kind of catch all. Uh, phrase when, when people are like, it's not my money, right? Where, where they're yes, like, right. you know, the owner's like, when, when you're like, yeah, it's not my money, the owner's spending like his money. Like, so yeah, go out and sign somebody. But it does work the other way too, where you're like, hey, go spend your money. And the owner's like, 
no. <laughs> it's like, wow. <laughs> okay. It does does hit both ways where you don't, you don't have to feel bad about, you know, going and, and paying somebody a lot of money, but you also, um, unfortunately, do not have ownership over um, – over how that money is spent. But I think to your point, though, that's why the Celtics went and got Malcolm Brogdon, right? Because it was such an easy one for one to be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a guy. That, that's sense. like, that's a guy. And such an easy sell to ownership, right? Like, and I think, you know, the Celtics ownership, I think you're right. Like, they are willing to spend. They've been very clear that they are willing to spend for a contender. And when you, when you look at Malcolm Brogdon, you're like, that guy gets the Celtics closer to being a real contender. Yes. And that, I think, is going to be the litmus test going forward. Because, you know, they're not the Warriors. They're, or, you know, they're not whoever. They're not going to just, like, spend indiscriminately just because Brad Stevens tells them, hey, I want that guy. Hey, like, Brad Stevens, <laughs> I don't think he can just write a wish list. But I do think that, like, if the Celtics can, can, can show, hey, this is a center who would be good off the bench and who would help us in this way – that's when I think you can, you know, start to make a real case to this ownership group. Like, hey, spend your money. We, like this, this is a good one. This is like the Malcolm Brogdon thing. Yeah, um, I've got a case for people to spend their money on built bars. Ha! For the people who made healthy and tasty, comes the latest gift for your taste buds. You're, you, you've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk built bar, but guess what, folks? Your friends at Built had given Coconut Brownie Chunk the puffs treatment. So now Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar is in a marshmallow form, covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. So check it out. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein. It's all delicious. And they're only here for a limited time. So if you want one, if you want one of these, chocolate uh coconut brownie chunk puffs you got to go now because they're gonna sell out it's a limited edition drop go to built.com uh they're these are made with collagen protein which your body absorbs more efficiently and it, there are tons of health benefits so you can eat something that tastes good and is good for you of course you know that they taste amazing they're guilt-free and if you've got a craving for something sweet this is a great way to satisfy that without having like a chocolate bar. If you need a quick, healthy snack, they are an excellent source of protein. Delicious, coconut-rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. They exist. Go get one. In uh, Go get to uh, built.com. Order them right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your order. LOCKED15 gets you 15% off, and you can use that every single time at built.com. So wrapping up the conversation here about the backup bigs, I think... The other, the other thing that we really have to understand is that these are these are really situational types of, of players. And you have to understand the situation, you know, the way Ime hopes to use these guys matters in who you're going to pick. You can't just go out and get Dwight Howard because that's just not going to – you can't sit there and be like, that's a big guy. Let's go get him <laughs> or, or whatever. Um I mean, there are possibilities that somebody shows out in uh, summer league, and Emei and Brad say, "Hey, that's actually a skill set that we we could use." I think I think a big who has good rim protecting instincts that knows how to make the right play is a little easier to find in that type of setting or G League setting or something like that. Yes. Um, so 
it's also another reason I think to wait, which is, you know, we're both on team. Let's wait until just, just December. Let's just, just see how this works. Another reason why this I think supports our case is there are a lot of guys out there trying to hook on. A lot of guys are going to end up in the G league. You can go watch some of these guys just instincts wise. You can say, all right, I, I like the way this guy moves. I like the way he he's anticipating things. Let's, let's, let's poach him. Let's give him a shot. And, and the other thing is this can also be a two-way guy. The two-way rules, I, I think help the Celtics here because now this, they can play what 50 games, 55 games. Yeah, um, it's more for sure. It, it's more the Celtics. They have, I think at this point, 13 spots, 14 spots. So they, they have at least one or two open spots. You can bring in a guy on a two-way. If you're so inclined, if you say let's let's give a guy a shot, that's some that's a, a contract that could be converted uh, if they want into an, one of those open spots. And if it doesn't work, you can just say, okay, two didn't work on the two way. We're gonna let you go. Hook on with somebody else. So there are other options. There's potentially a summer league option. There's potentially a G league option that the Celtics can look at as well. Yeah, it, it to your point about the two way, it was actually something I was gonna I was gonna mention. It feels like. Trevion Williams has like a real shot at one of those two-way contracts. Yeah. Like just like a, a passing big who's 6'10, pretty solidly built. Like the Celtics have they done kid. so well with those solidly built guys and just kind of putting them in harm's way and just kind of letting like, you know, big sort of run over them. Like they've done they've <laughs> done a really good job. I mean, you know, but like, you know, they've done a really good job with some of those guys. And like Trevion Williams feels like, you know, he could be somebody they just take a look at. Cause like you said, you know, like if, those two-way slots, they're available. They're there for you to use on somebody that you're not sure about, but you're interested in. And uh, I mean, look, maybe maybe Trevion Williams shows out in summer league and he just gets a guaranteed slot. But like, he feels like he feels like a guy that if if you if you kind of squint, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It feels like it feels like he might catch on. Yeah, there's certainly something there. Um, just just at first glance, what what did the Celtics need, honestly, from this backup big? What do they need? They need a guy offensively. If you can get a guy that can catch the ball in the high post and run a dribble handoff and yep. or set a decent pick and roll and he can go and catch him. He has the ability to catch the ball on the roll. And if he sees somebody converging, kick it out. Yep. If, if you have that skill as a big, then you say, okay, offensively, can he run an offense? We know that we're not asking him to shoot threes. We're not asking him to do too much. If you can run a, a solid pick and roll and then pass off of that, that's huge. If you can run a simple dribble handoff, that's huge. And then on the other end, can you be a part of the defense? That's the biggest part. Can you defend the rim? Can you switch a little bit at all? Can you can you make can they make do with you on the floor? for a five-minute stretch. And unlike other positions where I don't think you can just pull a point guard or any wing off of a G League team and say, plug and play, I feel like bigs can be sort of poached from the G League and, and be more effective more immediately. Yeah, because, I mean, it's right there in their name, right? It's like... They're big, like you know. It's like, that's like a, 
that's like a major part of their value to a team, you know? And like, obviously this, you know, the star bigs are the ones who can do a lot of the other stuff too. But like, you know, when you're going and getting a guard, guards have like these skill sets, right? Where like, you might have like a guy who can shoot, or you might have a guy who can, you know, really pass. You might have a guy who can break down a defense or whatever it is. But like, you know, literally part of being a big man is just your physical stature. It just makes it more simple to, to, to kind of plug and play in that way. So, yeah, I mean, I think that it, it, it's, it's easier for, for, to, you know, pick out a G league guy simply because like the truly the only thing, not the only thing, but like, it, you know, one of three or four things that you need from him is just for him to exist in the right space and just be yeah. there and then you're good. Right. Right. You're not asking too much. And from there, who knows? Who knows? I mean, if you if you get a guy on a two-way deal, that buys you some time. If yeah. he's if he's great, you can convert him. Um, there are options there. Bottom line here, Tom, is that I think everybody like you and I are in agreement. Uh it, you don't have to do it now, and I don't even think you should do it now because you just don't know exactly what you have. Um I I think I think even if you do it now, considering the crop that's out there, you run the risk of, of, of hurting yourself because if you sign a guy and then you have to cut him, and then sign somebody else, that just adds unnecessary money to, right. to the tax. And that I, I know it's the one thing that people hate to hear, but we're speaking in terms of just, this is the reality. I'm sorry that people don't like to hear the tax discussion and they're paying the tax. They're well into the tax, which makes it even more important for them to be conscious of this. And that just, that's just the reality. If you want us, if, if you want to listen to somebody else and say, tell you that's not a reality, then they're lying to you. This is how the Celtics are operating right now. This is just how it is. So, be patient. Understand that the process is there. There's a December 15th date and there's obviously the trade deadline. And um, I got to look at, let me call up real quick because the Celtics have uh, a couple of traded player exceptions that they could still use. Right. Um, obviously the 17.1 million uh, expires on July 18th. They've got the Wancho Hernan Gomez 6.9 million that is that expires on January 19th. So there's plenty there. They've got a Dennis Schroeder one for five point almost 5.9 that expires February 10th. There's plenty of money there. And then a bunch of other like smaller ones that probably will expire, but 6.9 million and 5.9 million are plenty to go out there and use for if somebody realizes like they oh geez our our team maybe somebody suffered an injury or something like we've got to start dumping salary because screw it we're rebuilding yeah. maybe it's the portland trailblazers who are you know consistently on the edge of that or somebody you know whatever it is having those two slots that extend into late january early february very easy tools to use to get the guy that you're looking for and all that matters is that he's on the roster and everybody's comfortable with it heading into the playoffs. That's all that matters. So it's uh, a little bit of time left. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not enough time left in this podcast, though. Let's wrap this up. 
We're going to do this at a reasonable time this time. If there was ever going to be a podcast that we would wrap up at a reasonable time, this is this is the right one to do it. Like this July 6, no media availability, no We had some good Wait, wait it's not July 6. Yeah, it is July. Yeah, it is July cool. it's July 6th as we're recording. It's, it's about to flip to July 7th. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. high quality Tom, high quality backup big man talk. Passionate, even backup big man talk, Luke Cornett. <laughs> and on that note, goodbye, Tom. <laughs> goodbye, John. And goodbye to you, but not after, not until you subscribe. Please subscribe to the podcast. Make sure that you get this show dropped into your device every single Monday through Friday, daily. We're the only ones. Going daily. This Locked On Celtics podcast is your only daily Celtics podcast here for you to talk Celtics. Everyone else is talking about other sports right now. No one else on the radio, nowhere else is you're, this is the only place to get consistent Celtics talk. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're watching the show on YouTube. Like the show. Uh, hit the thumbs up. Always make sure you hit that thumbs up when we drop a video. Um, and most importantly, share the podcast. Make sure your friends, your family, everybody knows to listen and watch the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.